You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Over 7 million different animals inhabit our planet. Specifically, Catball Langer is, has a golden head. And sometimes they're confused for the white-headed langer, which is across the sea and mainland Vietnam. What can they teach us? And it was my first project. I fell in love with behavior. I fell in love with research. I fell in love with zoos. I fell in love with conservation. And so it's... Many species are in crisis and need your help. In, uh, in the Catball region, these langers were under threats of hunting and habitat right. loss, development, and then... Poorly regulated tourism. Mm-hmm. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com. Welcome to the All Creatures Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Angie. Today, Angie, we're talking about our first primate. I know. I think you can see my smile yeah. through uh, the house right now. Yeah, I'm we're we're very talking about you ear to today. Ear. Angie's the, mm-hmm. no, the. We're talking about Langers today. Which almost kind of looks like Angie. I'm looking at the picture. I think so. They, we we both have kind of wild Einstein hair. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it fits. It fits. <laughs> we need to put a picture of Angie with some of this hair uh, on the website. We are talking about langers. We're going to specifically talk about the cat ball langer. Mm-hmm. And Chris, I must admit, when I was going through all the different photos of these beautiful creatures, I actually did have a little bit of pull or gravitation towards some of the the infants, they did right. actually remind me of my son. Right. In yeah. some ways. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, I mean, primates. And yeah. Your, your instincts, maternal instincts probably were kicking. Yeah, they were really, yeah, that, that oxytocin really was, uh. <laughs> you're like, uh, more babies. More babies. No. I think you're a little busy with, uh, your 15 month old. Yeah, no more babies. Yeah, 16 month old now. Yeah, so the, the cat by Langer, we're really focused on because I was contacted by yes, one of the conservation experts. Uh, yes, all of our listeners out there, please do the same. Yeah. Uh, it was very exciting to hear from Vietnam. Right, Vietnam. And he is head of the conservation project at, on the Catbaugh Island. And so we'll be doing our one of our first interviews with a researcher out in the field, and, and that will be playing later this week. And then you want to stay tuned in the episode because we're going to talk a little bit about the babies. You're talking about the babies and gravitating towards them, but they have this flamboyant orange coat. Yes, they're gorgeous. Yeah. And so why? Why why would this animal that wants to hide from predators have this orange coat? So when the parents have a black coat with yeah. a lighter head. Lighter head, right, right. So the cat maw is one of the most endangered primates in the world. So I think that's kind of why we wanted to talk about it today. And there's only about 60 of them left in the wild. So their their population's plummeted. It's a little, right now, somewhat stable, but still faced with a, a lot of issues because they're isolated on this island on Vietnam. And there's a lot of human pressure and some poaching and stuff going on that we're going to cover today. The cat maw, kind of what just we like to describe the animal in the beginning, and this one is just really cool. And Langers, we're going to kind of talk, again, the difference between New World and Old World primates, or specifically monkeys, but the langer is an old world monkey and they are the, the specifically catball langer is has a golden head and sometimes they're confused for the white headed langer which is across the sea and mainland vietnam so they're not the same they're they're two different species and they've also been called the golden headed right yeah cuz their their coat so their coat their their top of their head is kind of like in a triangle with their hair which just is just like really me cool. yeah which is just looking like angie today <laughs> <laughs> and they're a slimmer monkey with these really long tails. 
they that golden coat you know stretches or that golden top of their head stretches all the way down to their shoulders almost like a, a shoulder cape. like yeah. a shoulder pads yeah like shoulder pads it's really cool it's a really cool looking uh, primate and that peak that 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 widow's peak or whatever you call it is just really cool so you know and I, and i think they're a good species to talk about langers right yes chris i'm really excited today to be talking about langers or even monkeys in general mm-hmm. you might ask be asking well why should I care about primates? Uh, living here in North America, where Chris and I are from, although Chris will be moving to New Zealand soon, yeah. and there aren't any primate primates, species there. <laughs> so for for those of us that don't live around them or near them, I mean, why should we care about them that either live you know, in the old world, over in Asia and Africa, or in the new world in South America? And I think the key number one reason is diversity, right? Mm-hmm. And we've touched on that in other parts of the podcast, right. You take out one piece of the puzzle in the ecosystem, and honestly, we don't know what will happen. Right. I mean, it's a trickle. Like we keep saying, trickle up, trickle down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what what researchers can guesstimate will happen is not good for a lot of the plant and tree species mm-hmm. because primates in general, including the cat langer, mm-hmm. are uh, they will eat fruits. And so there's, there's seed dispersal. Right, right. And that's helps propagate other plant species. Yeah, it was just like, you know, when I talked about elephants, you know, from one of our first episodes, elephants eating acacia trees and then walking 60 miles or, or like 100 kilometers and pooping. And oh, yeah. And the seeds get dropped and that's a new acacia tree. Absolutely. And this, their ecological role is essential for the functioning of many key parts of the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Parts that humans rely on for many industries. And both inside and outside of forest areas. Right, right. And then I think with monkeys, I'm, the third reason or langurs we should care about them is the fact that, like I already related to, a baby langur almost reminds me of my 16-month-old Zachary, is that they give us a better understanding of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we all know that chimpanzees share 98.5% of our DNA. Mm-hmm. And they're our closest uh, living relative. And Chris will go over a little bit of their evolution and their family tree is langurs aren't that far off. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And so I think it just helps us kind of unlock our own evolutionary past. Right. And it makes us, I don't know, I don't want to say better people, but I, I feel like the, that le- leads into the fourth reason why primates and probably the one I'm most passionate about is why we should care about them is they're actually part of our heritage. Right. And Almost relatives, right? right. Down it's, the tree, it's, but they're there. I don't want to say it's our duty since we are that much more evolved. Right. They're intellectual beings, but I mean, just think about monkeys, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't love monkeys? I know. I know. My from reading, my son, you know, and singing, uh, George, yeah, and Curious George, ones, yeah. you know, monkeys jumping on the bed, one falls off and bumps <laughs> yeah, their head. Every night. <laughs> yeah, Mama pretty much. The doctor, yeah. the doctor said, no yeah. more monkeys. So, and yeah, and, and, and re- both in religion and in pop culture, monkeys are a symbol of playfulness and mischief and fun. And so, I mean, for instance, my mom and her sisters, all my aunties, they, for the last 15 or 20 years, have been getting e- each other goofy monkey gifts. Yeah, yeah. And it just makes them laugh because they're very playful and they have fun relationships amongst each other. And so even though a lot of people haven't either seen them in the wild or maybe not even seen them in, in a local zoological institution, we just love these guys. Yeah, we love them. And it, I think it reminds us a lot of our relatives too. Mm-hmm. And so you know, when I see my, uh, my brother and my sister, <laughs> exactly. and the, you know, they're all monkey. They're know? all, or, or <laughs> my gosh, my, oh Cousins. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, my toddler right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then also Chris, even maybe a little bit more, if you'll bear with me, a little bit more anthropomorphic, mm-hmm. the cat ball specifically, 
in Vietnam is, like we said, critically endangered, needs our help, and we'll be discussing that a little bit today. But with Vietnam in general, two of the 25 most critically endangered primate species reside in Vietnam. So we have the um, the cat bollinger Mm -hmm. and then also the Tonkin snub-nosed monkey. Mm -hmm. Top Mm -hmm. 25, okay? Just in Vietnam alone. And then two other species are like also just right on a list in Vietnam. And so some might pose the question, well, you know, why Vietnam uh, and, why and, and why, and, right. And why should we care or whatever? And I, I just want to potentially discuss or, um, you know, get people thinking that with Vietnam and they, um, have experienced a lot of trials and tribulations. Yeah. A lot of and, horrific warfare mm-hmm, in the, the past hundred years. Yeah. And, you know, and we, as the United States, we were part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Researchers and scientists speculate that perhaps a lot of this primate species decline is due to deforestation. Vietnam was just practically destroyed. Sure. You know, and think about all the wildlife that we never right. even thought about. You the know, pollutants, the, the, yeah, the, I mean, the human impact Agent Orange horrific. and all, I mean, all yeah, of that but stuff. Even for the wildlife, mm-hmm. how bad it was. So, yeah. And so I guess, you know, for me, just really sitting up late these last couple nights, like I said, my, my poor husband. I know. I know. <laughs> sitting here reading all these opinion pieces it is well it's it's opening up my mind and i and and trying to think from other people's perspectives too you know because a lot of these uh, species issues are very complex and Mm -hmm. dynamic and so Mm -hmm. you know maybe we can't necessarily give back to all the people or we can't go back and undo what has occurred um as far as warfare and you know just learn from our mistakes and you know move forward sure so anyways i i think that hopefully after this episode you guys will definitely care about monkeys and specifically even more langers and the yeah, cat bot langer well that's let's talk about our, our long lost relatives and i'm not talking about my cousins that, that look like langers i'm more... you're talking about that one uncle yeah, oh God. there's always that one no, uncle right I have, yeah my uncles are pretty good yeah i, I can make fun of my uncles uh more of think my brother yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> he, he loves me so yeah primates looking at them so we're all primates even you know homo sapien we go back our relatives a long time ago and then if you break down the langers they go down to the old world monkeys. So then if you go and look at old world monkeys, you're looking at Africa and Asia primarily and, you know, the, the Micronesia parts of a lot of uh, primates down there. In the tropics or right, subtropics. Right, tons of them. Then you go to the new world and that's really central in South America. Mm-hmm. And the major difference you can tell between the two is new world monkeys have a prehensile tail that they use to hang from, helps them balance. I mean, even the old world monkeys tail helps them balance, but, that they, you know, climbing trees, they use it to hold. So it's like an extra hand. Appendage. Almost. Right, mm-hmm. appendage. Whereas in old world monkeys, the, the tail just generally hangs or they do use it to help balance themselves. So the old world monkeys you're looking at is like the baboons, the mandrels, the colobus monkeys, guineans, macaques. Now the manga bees have a special love for these guys because my wife, you know, Ash, I know we said Max, the cloud leopard. Her other favorite love. So I know I'm like 10 on her list. I, I think you're more like 12 or 13. Yeah, the longer we do this podcast. Like definitely the honeybees up above me now. But uh, there was the black manga bees at the zoo that she just loved working with. And one specifically, Micah, was like her boyfriend. Her, a charmer. I bet he was just oh, a yeah, charmer. Oh, yeah. Like he loved her. Like any time. I mean, so you sweet. know, they knew who the, the keepers were. And she just loved Micah. So Micah and Max were everything with M. She left. And then, then we have the Langers. So those are all the old world monkeys. Now, Langers are also called leaf monkeys, and that's based on their diet, which we'll get to, or lutongs. So yeah, that's, that's a new a, word. Yeah, yeah. And so they're all from the, uh, the genus Trachypithecus, 
Nice, Chris. Yeah, I'm practicing. Good. <laughs> Big words. Again, located, so Langer specifically are located in Southeast Asia, Northeast India, Southern China, and Sri Lanka. So that part of the world is usually where they're at. And these monkeys specifically are, are more tropical. So they don't like it where it's cold. They, they want rainforest where it's more warm for that. And they're strictly herbivores. So whereas some monkeys, and I know we'll, we'll cover many primates over the next few years, but, you know, they don't eat meat. Right. You know, strictly plants. And in fact, they're even, you want to get more technical mm-hmm. for all my nutrition dorks out there like yeah. myself, they're considered folivores. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So a fun word, which basically <laughs> just means they eat foliage or yeah. leaves, but they will, they will eat some fruit too. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they'll love the fruit. Now of the langers, there's about 17 species, whole bunch of mm-hmm. them. The beautiful. You know, yeah. And just a couple of them. I was the, mesmerized. Just, I mean, yeah. go to Google image langers and yeah. just. These beautiful pictures yeah, come up. They're, yeah, they're very so, charismatic. They are. They are. They're 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 hilarious. The uh, the purple faced langur from Sri Lanka. See the Java langur from Java. Indo Chinese lutung from Thailand and Vietnam. Dusky leaf monkey. The G's golden langur. And then I know one you worked with, and one I got to to mess around a little bit with too. You know, or, or my wife got to to help raise an, an orphaned one was the Francoise langur. From mm-hmm. China and Vietnam. Yes, also very endangered. Right, right. Another one that's in trouble. Now, primates. So that that's kind of setting the stage for langers. Quickly, I, we could sit here and do an hour podcast just on primate evolution. So let's do the two and minutes so, or less. Right. And someday, Chris, I will allow you that pleasure. Yeah, no, 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 no. As a side podcast that five people will listen to. No, I find kidding. it fascinating, but I am no, no, a physiologist. It is. And, you know, looking at this. But if you kind of break down primates, there's us at the top. Right, Homo sapiens, humans. Then you have the great apes. So there's the chimpanzees, which is more like my brother. Then the gorilla, and then the uh, the orangutan. So then you have the lesser apes, the gibbons. Which, That's one of my personal favorites. Yeah, they're awesome. And the crazy calls. Can you do a gibbon call? Beautiful calls, and <laughs> I can do a gibbon call. Challenging you. I know. I, no, no, I can do one, but here I will save it for my husband. He does a much better one. He's a true. Okay. Um, that's how a lot of zookeepers talk to each other when they greet each other, and they haven't seen each other in a while. So <laughs> I, when he comes home at night, what? <laughs> Chris, I wish he did. All right. Um, no, but he he's the master of that, and so okay. I will I will save that special treat for for when we do cover gibbons. Okay. Okay. We'll have John as a special guest, and he'll do his giving call. Then you have the monkeys, so the old world and the new world monkeys. And then fi- the final group in primates is the primisians, so lemurs, some of the uh, the other ones that are that are kind of way out there. Going through primate evolution, again, trying to give you the, the Cliff Notes version. Langer split about three million years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's so much longer than I would yeah, have they've expected. they've been around for, for yeah. quite a while. If we go way back, way back to primates, we all looked like tree shrews. That's oh, that's so adorable. Yeah, I know. So long time ago, 60 million years ago. Small? Yeah, very small. You know, looking at mam- mammalian evolution, they think goes back to the Triassic period. So almost 160 million years, long time that we kind of evolved or lived near dinosaurs. And then once they all went extinct, that's when mam- mammals took off. But for primates, you know, they, they kind of go back 60 million years ago, these, these tree shrews. And then during the Eocene, 54 to 35 million years ago is really where we see primates take off. Again, the first primates really looked like like lemurs. Not langurs, but lemurs, which are from Madagascar. Right. Everybody can recognize them, the striped tail. Right. Yeah. The, the big the eyes. Tails. Yeah. So they 
they go way back. They are the first primates, and they're popular in, in movies like the movie Madagascar. Sure. I think the movie Dinosaur, anything like dinosaur mammals, they show lemurs for some reason. But, yeah, so they were some of the first primates, even though they weren't around during dinosaurs. But And the primates b- bounced around, North America, Europe, Asia. That's kind of where they, they, they went all around. Over there. the land bridges and whatnot. Right, yeah. So that's how they moved back and forth and then eventually getting down to when the old work Old world monkeys and the new world monkeys diverged about 35 million years ago. Okay. And again, mitochondrial DNA, we're doing a lot of this, that we can trace the lineages of primates. We diverged humans about 23 to 28 million years ago. Still a lot of debate in science. They're finding new fossils. Sure. It seems like every month or so there's a cool new discovery that Like my favorite, like we talk about the New York... History Museum, they have Lucy, mm-hmm. which is one of the most famous ones. I know, I still need to see her. It's, oh, on, my, yeah. it's on my bucket list. Like, Lucy, you know, she, she was like a monkey slash human. So really, really cool uh, from that. So that's when, when people diverged. And then again, Langer's diverged about three million years ago. Now looking specifically at Catpaw, they think it crossed the land bridge over to the island. And then that water receded at the end of the Ice Age about 12,000 years ago. It's and still then they a long time. Isolated. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've been there for a long time. Now, Catbaugh Island is, again, off the uh, the northern coast of Vietnam. Yeah, in the, the Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah, northeastern in the Gulf of Tonkin. It's a pretty big island, too. It's it's 260 square kilometers or about 100 square miles. Sure, and lots of little uh, little islands around there. And it also includes the Ha Long Heritage right, Site, which yeah. is really We're going to talk a little bit about popular yeah, and be beautiful. It's beautiful yeah. part of Earth. Yeah, I really... Since I'm moving kind of that part of the earth, they're getting closer to Vietnam. All sure, yeah, yeah, you'll get to, you'll definitely have more opportunities, yeah. cheaper tickets. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so just looking at, you know, these animals on, on Cat Island and, and then just general that part of the world, you know, what's kind of some of the history with them and humans? Well, and I think that there is a lot of history with humans um, in the past and, of course, in the present. And in general, with all these species of monkeys, I mean, once again, we, we do, we see them in literature, in art, in religion, in, um, in folklore. People in some cultures worship them. Uh, and the Chinese, they're in the zodiac calendar. Right. And for many people, they're a food source. And then even more recently, and then even outer space, Chris, think about That's right. that. That's right. I, I mean, these guys have, Really, our history with them is just very intertwined, close-knit from, you know, a long time ago, of course, right. from cave paintings to, to now in right. pop culture. Yeah, I know the uh, the first American in space was, I mean, Alan Shepard, but the one that actually went before him was a chimpanzee. Exactly. They launched him. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that, space. yeah, I think that I don't have an, I mean, that could be a whole podcast of why monkeys are awesome or yeah. primate species in general and what they've done for us. And so, you know, um, it's good to focus on what we can do for them. Right. But more specifically with, with cat ballangers, there has been, um, a big movement recently to help save these guys because they were yeah, again another government to applaud Vietnam. Oh, absolutely, Chris, and and all the international collaborations. There's a big uh, uh, big uh, zoo in Germany that helps support a lot of this research. So they you know realized that these numbers had plummeted in, since the 1960s, mm-hmm. and most likely due to poaching for either body parts for the black uh, the black market again. Our mm-hmm. favorite yeah, our favorite medicinal me- medicine. Which oh my god, I just which, need to ship over. I know. I know. So there was that, and then there's also was poaching for meat. But yeah, no, the government took a hard, fine line stand, and then um, I think back in uh, 2000, 
early circa 2000. And then since then with projects like the Cat Bach Conservation Project, which we'll be touching on today, have really, you know, helped the numbers go from 50 to at least now we're in the 60s right. and they're a lot more protected and it's not perfect and we'll, we'll talk about that later. Of course, there's still some threats. So, yeah, still some mm-hmm. pressures and issues. But langurs, yeah, I mean, so langurs, depending on what region they're from, they can go from being poached or hunted to actually even being worshipped. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hunaman langurs, I'm probably saying that wrong, are sacred and worshipped in India. Mm. So they are actually named from the Hindu god for monkey. Right, right. And <laughs> if you can yeah. Google or maybe Chris will put on the show notes yeah. a picture of this beautiful langur. It's gray with a little bit of white, right. but it has um, black, prominent black hands and face. And so the story goes is that they believe that Hunaman, monkey god, is said to have burned his hands and face while rescuing a woman from a fire. Oh, that's awesome. And so therefore they're sacred and they believe that that's why their hands and face are black. And mm-hmm. so depending on the culture, there's definitely a rich history with with I, humans and langurs. Right. And I, you know, you see a lot of videos from that part of the world and maybe it's India, but you know, probably parts of Thailand and maybe Malaysia, but you know, humans living side by side with a lot of these monkeys. Mm-hmm. And, and there's pros to that and there's cons to that. And some of the cons to that is sometimes they can be seen as pests or there's, of course, monkey or langur human conflict mm-hmm. in agricultural regions and whatnot. But, uh, you know, a more recent kind of interesting story is in New Delhi, uh, the municipal corporation actually hired 40 young men who can mimic the call of langurs. Oh, wow. Isn't that? Yeah, that's really cool. They did this because yeah. langurs are natural enemies of smaller uh, macaque. Monkeys. Macaques, yeah. And so they're almost, they're like scaring them away. And historically, there's been some of these langurs kept as pets to do mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, um, once again, the government in New Delhi wants to move away from that. And so that's where they're hiring and, and of course, in, increase their employment rate. Right, right. So right. they hire the, Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that once again, there's just this very rich history of people and monkeys, you know, working together and then, and then some conflict, but also trying to always look for resolution. Right. Right. And yeah, the, the Kappa Langer is a good example of people coming together to work on a resolution. Saying, hey, we're gonna we're gonna fight to save this species mm-hmm. and, and learn what we can with it, right? Because a lot of you know, there's, this is what is so amazing about doing this podcast is what I'm learning is about all the work that's going on around the world that I really want to. Hopefully, we can shine a light on and say, look what look what this little corner of the world's doing for this species. Yeah. And you know, we we, we talked about. You know, maybe not the honey badger, but we're talking about the Amir leopards, or we're talking about Przewalski horses came back, California condors came back. Now we're talking about catball langers. You know, what people all around the world fighting for these creatures, and it's just amazing. It's great. Yeah, it makes me excited to get up in the morning and, and very hopeful too. Right. And, you know, looking at my two young boys being like, okay, like there's, there's a lot, there's of a lot of, you know, fighting. and if, and if animals aren't your thing, there's a lot of people you can help yeah. or insects. I mean, so there, there's a lot of, of good to be done in this world and yeah. a lot of people trailblazing the path for us. Yeah. I'm sure they're learning a ton about this cat ball and how to, how to do that. Now just to kind of jump into their life cycle. They, in the wild, males don't live quite as long as the females. They don't live to be about 18. So, and the females live to be 30, and I, I don't know. <laughs> they, they, we fight more. Maybe you guys might Heart be like, yeah. suffer stress. Yeah. I don't know. Why do guys not live as long as women? Now, in captivity, again, like a lot of these species, they, they live longer, uh, can live into their 30s. Now, these aren't as big. So, body size, just about the body without the tail, is about 20 inches or 50 centimeters long, so, or tall. 
Not very big. Two yeah, almost feet, two feet, you know, less yeah. Than two feet. But their tails. But their tails are huge. Their tails are almost three feet long or 85 centimeters. Yeah. So they cool. have these really long tails. Again, not prehensile. No. But does serve a purpose of helping balance and things like when they're walking around. Now, they can weigh up to 30 pounds or 13 kilograms. So again, smaller, smaller monkey, monkeys, but have excellent eyesight and hearing, which, you know, we do. I mean, as humans, we have very good eyesight. They have really good eyesight. Maybe not as good as the reindeer because we can't see ultraviolet. <laughs> but again, some, some predator avoidance stuff that, that they've had. Now, what was cool was finding some papers on like what other mammals are there. Cause I was interested. I was like, okay, so we're, we're talking physiology with these animals. What do they have to fear? Now, I know in, you know, mainland Asia, there's the leopards, the cloud of leopards, the general leopards, tigers. There's predators Absolutely. for these monkeys, mm-hmm. right? But for the cat boss specifically, no, they're really. on an island. Yeah, on these, and it, we'll show some pictures on the on the show notes. But are these huge limestone cliffs? Right, they're really pretty. It's so pretty. Oh, it's Looking breathtaking. At this place. Yeah. yeah. So they're but they did do you know I did find a paper that talked about cat ball and some other mammals on there. So there's shrews, bats, rats. Squirrels, porcupines, which is cool. Yeah. Leopard cats, and then the muntjac, which is one of the smallest deer in the world. Then there was one, like I'm thinking predators, looking at that, there's the civet. Oh, yeah. That's which we got to do. I We got to do civet. It's such a weird animal. It's like a fox, cat, mongoose, otter oh, there's, mix. They're neat, yes. Oh, they, they're crazy. They were at the um, zoo that I, I worked at, yeah. and so they were always fun to, to kind of go yeah, check out. like a crazy predator, like between them and the fossa mm-hmm. from... Uh, Madagascar. So, yeah, that, that's a really cool, cool one. So, not a lot of predators for them. Now, the the cat boss, Angie said, in the 60s, or as you were saying, you know, 2,700, and then just this plummet over 40 years. Now, again, Vietnam, the war in Vietnam probably had something to do with that. A lot of stress. Poaching, hunting. Yeah, just people trying to survive. And deforestation. Really, yeah, horrible, horrible uh, time for them. Mm-hmm. Pollution, perhaps. Right. So, that... They drastically went down to 50, and then the Vietnamese government said about in 2001, hey, we're going to save this species. Yeah. They, they started to grow. They did have a poaching incident that they lost some animals. But right now, they're around 60, 60 animals. And, you know, once we do our interview, we'll kind of get an updated count on that. They did say that this year, in 2017... And this, this episode is going to air early 2018, but at the end of 2017, they had eight babies this year. Mm-hmm. One died, which unfortunately happens in the wild, mm-hmm. but that's pretty good. Seven. That's mm-hmm. good. That's good yes. news. Yes. Yeah. Well, and so Chris, historically in, uh, in the Kappa region, these langurs were under threats of hunting and habitat right. loss, development, and then a poorly regulated tourism. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, because of the, are these islands and there's this fragmented populations right. in different parts of the island that cannot get to each other easily. And, but once the Vietnam government and then, a co- of course, our international collaborators with the, with the Cat Bot Conservation Project stepped in, a lot of those pressures were alleviated through, reg- right. through strict regulations and then also even having rangers right. protect, yeah. protect, locals, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Locals yep, yep. Employing, yep. yep. They're employing locals. And so, there have been definitely improvements, but these guys are still under current threats, and which is why when the initiation of the Kappa project started and also the Vietnamese government, that their population hasn't really in- increased that much. It, went, it was at 50 and now it's at 60, 60 or a little bit yeah. more. But biggest problems these guys face now, which is what we want to definitely focus in on today, is reproductive isolation. Right. Like I had mentioned, like, so do we... 
you know, these research specialists are debating, should they catch up some of the isolated female populations yeah, and, them, yeah. and, you know, put them somewhere else. And then there's of course inbreeding issues. Well, that, um, and then just also, you know, you're looking at social, like of when course. we get to behavior, yeah, especially beha- primates, mm-hmm. they have such advanced social dynamics. Right. If they don't develop and learn things early on that can affect them throughout their whole right. life. Right. Uh, and so, and then once again, you know, this, Tourism is getting even bigger yeah, every year. Yeah. And so, and then of course a little bit of hunting, but the traditional medicine for hunting, I mean, because of the, have the rangers right. is not as big of a problem. And so I love looking at wildlife, yeah, um, outdoors, amazing. you know, whether it's, um, an owl at nighttime or a deer or anything locally. Or I home. love our woodpeckers around here. Like, oh my God. The pileated ones. Oh, are I run outside. Oh, my amazing, sons. Amazing. I'm like, look, 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 look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and we all, you know, we all love that, but, and, and then of course there's people that travel to different parts of the world to mm-hmm. see specific wildlife. I'm one of those, mm-hmm. um, taking a break here while I raise my kids uh, financially until I can yep. afford to do that <laughs> again, job, yeah. but people love doing it. And I'm, I'm definitely one of the biggest fans, but something we need to consider in, in this day and age and something that's influencing issues with the Kappa Langer is this concept of ecotourism, which we've touched mm-hmm. on. And so ecotourism where it's for the ecological well-being right. of the animals versus ecotourism, where it's for the economic. I know, and it's and, and a, we need the economics, right? We yeah. need the economics to help drive a lot of this. But I and think investing the locals mm-hmm, and the species. Right? Mm-hmm, but and 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 that's a complex issue that people are working on. You want to vote with your dollar and make sure whatever ecotourism company you're using is very well renowned, respectful of the animals. And then I think Chris and you, I'm sure you and I have giggled to ourselves yeah. about some of these selfie episodes. Right. Yep. Some of this is on the person. I know. So yeah. I charge all the listeners, including myself yeah. is, you know, when you see an, an, an animal in the wild, don't go taking a selfie with right. it. Don't, um, you don't need to necessarily they can be way, way in the back. And then you can, put yeah, a little arrow say, yeah, put a little arrow or whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, I guess, you know, encourage everyone to be a responsible tourist or right. a responsible observer and not and exploit. That, exactly. Right. And that doesn't mean you can't enjoy it or take a picture of it you just want to be you want to be careful of it and i know i think Inst- i just read an article today that instagram i think is banning animal selfies the enemy, so, yeah if because they, it's crazy if, like here in the they, states yeah people at yellowstone jumping out of their cars to take a selfie with a bear that's right. like 15 feet away right. i'm like and, are you or really bison mm-hmm. but there have been instances of people taking pictures with bears uh, it's so, just not smart so yeah we just need to for the for the ecotourism part we you know obviously we want good tour companies we want them to help make money in these local yeah. communities but it needs to be done in a respectful manner especially by those people that have enough money to go overseas and do these kind of extravagant adventures right. to really just make sure they're being um, respectful yeah respectful of the animals yeah. and the resources yeah i mean specifically the cat bot too i mean because that's one of the the things that the researcher that i'm emailing with back and forth was talking about is he's you know a lot of exploitation going on in this region of the world sure uh and, and, but like i said i'm not saying don't take pictures of wildlife no, i mean they, i have them hanging in my wall and uh in fact one picture that really struck me as i was uh doing a lot of research on the cat by langer project is there's a picture and it has about mm, 10 gorgeous cat boss, mm-hmm. um, ad- from adults to juveniles. Uh, I think there's one infant in there whose hair coat is right. just starting to, to change from the flamboyant orange to the, to the black and with a cream head. And the caption of this photo with months again, right. about 10 langers, family, family unit says, 
Currently, this is 17.6 of the entire population. I know, I know. And Chris, I, I have goosebumps yeah. now, but I was almost in tears. Yeah. And my, my husband's like, honey, what's wrong? Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, come look at this. Yeah. Like, I don't know why for me, and I, and I obviously love art and I have right. a, a teeny tiny artistic brain or whatever, but seeing that photograph, and then reading the caption. That's like most of the species right there. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was so moving. And yeah. so it just really made me, you know, very ecstatic about what this group, the Catbot Conservation Project, is doing. And what you're doing. What and you're then doing. Like, let me yeah. give you kudos for, for you, you know, you started the ball rolling years ago. I was even thinking about it today. Like, you know, the, the podcast, the direction we're going and you know, marketing and all this stuff. And I really think about it like you, if you didn't come to UF, I probably wouldn't be doing this. You wouldn't be doing this. Well, and to back up the bus a little bit to go to give primates a shout out, I probably wouldn't be doing any of this. None of this would have happened if it wasn't for primates. In fact, my first um, experience Mm -hmm. observing animal behavior and being in a zoological setting was at Zoo Atlanta. Right. And I was an intern and tasked with observing behavior in golden lion tamarins, which is a new, a very, very endangered Mm -hmm. um, new world monkey from Brazil. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really spent much time in a zoo. Of course I studied zoology, but I hadn't actually done anything Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. quote unquote field. And it was my first project where I fell in love with behavior. I fell in love with research. I fell in love with zoos. I fell in love with conservation. And so it's almost, almost we're doing a lot of research about Langers today. It was almost full circle for me. Right. I right. still stand by the fact that I'm a hoof horn and antler yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, yeah, if it wasn't for um, primate species and no just experience. being be right. so moved by them. And then once again, looking at these, you know, 12, 10 to 12 Langers and knowing that, holy, that's most, Holy macaroni, yeah, you know, we've, this 20% of the population. Of the population. We, yeah. we, we've got to do something here, guys. Yeah. Yeah. They, they are, they are in trouble. Um, the, some of the, the other pressures that, you know, we have to think about is their habitat can only hunt, hold one to 300 total. That's what mm-hmm. they're estimating. That, right. In their protected uh, area. Yeah. In their protected area and cat boss. So it's not like if we get this huge population, you know, probably could maybe take them to the mainland or something with them. And then in captivity, there's only five. Right. And it's the Leipzig Zoo is the German zoo that's helping them. Mm-hmm. There's only five. There's there's three males and two females in captivity. Right. That's Chris, it. Right. There is Chris, no emergency population. No. Chris and I always talk about in zoos how they can act as um, genetic banks. Right. Yeah. That does not really exist. Not with these guys. Mm-mm. Not with these guys. And then there was a, not a paper specifically on the cat bob, but the one that they get confused for is the white-headed langer. But there was a paper, they're again endangered, and there's only about a thousand and they have a genetic diversity of like zero. They, yeah. have, they are highly inbred. Mm-hmm. No genetic diversity at all, which is really a big problem. And then again, you know, with fragmentation, like the cat bottle, there's three areas. There's two family groups and then a, an isolated group of females. And when they can't move around and spread genetics, you know, they get, they get this highly inbred population. Right, a bottleneck effect. Yeah. One disease, boom, dead. You of know, course. it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's not good. It's not good for the animals. But people are, are working on that. They, again, some cool stuff. You know, you talked a little bit about the limestone. And so these animals are diurnal, active during the day, and then they go into these caves at night to rest. And they have different caves all over the place. And these limestone rocks is just what makes it such an awesome yeah. place. Yeah. Well, and to touch on their cave behavior yeah. is that they're really smart. They do move their caves around a lot, mm-hmm. but they basically will settle their caves and close to where they're feeding. Right. right. So they don't have, it's kind of like me. My bedroom is strategically yeah. <laughs> right next to the near kitchen. the kitchen for all these pregnancies <laughs> yeah. that I've had because nobody wants to walk far to get their food. Um, and so 
I mean, honestly, Chris, their behavior is, of course, wonderful and why, why I started doing what I'm doing, investigating primate behavior. But they have, I just was looking up some different research studies on people who study their behavior, both mm-hmm. in, in the wild and also under human care. And each ethogram, and so for listeners out there that aren't familiar with an ethogram, this is my behavior plug. Yeah, <laughs> ethogram is just a fancy word for a list of behaviors mm-hmm. that researchers will look for when they're monitoring behavior. So standing, sitting, eating, defecating, mm-hmm. um, breathing, whatever the behavior is. And so, but I was looking at a lot of, trying to remember my old ethogram from many, many moons ago. So a lot of behavioral categories will just include social. They're obviously very social. They're primates and affiliative behavior, which is a fancy word for like friendly behavior, loving, loving, Mm -hmm. like grooming will fall often Mm -hmm. fall into that. Um, primate species are known to groom each other a lot. And then of course there's aggressive behaviors or, and then there's vocalizations Mm -hmm. and some research, not in the cat bob, because once again, they're, we're just starting to dive into the research and studying these guys. But other langur species, the Francois langur, they've been recorded to do over 20 vocalizations yes, and so everything. I mean, yeah. I mean, just like your, your, like my, like my four year old and language, my, right? yeah, it's, it's a language, total right? language. They have alarm calls, bark calls, coughs, threats, whoops. Uh, I'm like rapping here, right. but they've got, you know, squeals and squeaks and screeches. Right. They, the infants will whistle. Right. We're just at the beginning of touching on what all these guys, what they're saying amongst their, um, you know, in their community. And I think that that, you know, I'm looking forward to more research, not only about specifically the cat mm-hmm. langur, but langurs in general and then other primate species. Yeah. And the differences you think about, you know, all the different, again, we talked about, I know in the river dolphin episode, we talked about, you know, it'd be cool to record those, those calls and then take them to India, the, the ones from the Amazon and take them to yeah. India. So it'd be cool to take some of these primate. I don't know. I just, maybe we're just research nerds, but take we some are. of this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but take some of these calls and then take the cat ball calls and take them and, you know, show them or play them for white headed langurs or take them to langurs in India. No, and they've definitely done I mean, that. Yeah, yeah. They've definitely done that with like predator versus prey right. to see, you know, what, um, uh, but you have to look for there's so many cool things we could do yeah. in research and yeah. behavior. It's so fun. I know. There's just not enough money, darn it. I know. Um, I know. I know. but give us money and Angie. Yes. Yes. And- I will answer every question you've ever had. And then I will come up with 50 more on my own. I know, right. I know. Uh, but yeah. And if you guys want to hear a langur call, this is an example of like a more of a, an alarm call. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a screech, almost like a bird. Yeah, uh, like a bark almost. Yeah. And once again, it's very as very social mm-hmm. animals. Uh, Langurs also have a lot of different calls to communicate stress right. and or excitement. And right. so here is what I would call more some of their squeaks and squeals. It's just crazy how different those those are, the barks mm-hmm. versus the squeals, yeah. And Chris, more specifically with cat langurs, there has been some research mm-hmm. on their time bu- budgets using an ethogram. And researchers have shown that about 60% of their time they either are resting or foraging or socializing. Right. And that will actually change summer to winter, probably depending on um, their food availability right. to help them conserve yeah. energy. Yeah, yeah. And they don't want to spend a lot of time moving around. And plus, they, you know, their areas aren't as big as they probably could be. The uh, the time budgets of, of a langer, you know, kind of looking at what they do each day is they, they get up, 
wake up, probably the kids like us, it's six in the morning, you know, jumping <laughs> Where's on. Where's my coffee? Yeah. It's like, so they get up in their roofs or their caves and they leave and then they go move to a feeding ground and then they rest a little bit and then do some Yeah, I don't, I don't do that. No, I don't, I don't get no. to do that. We get, we FYI. go and go until bed. Uh, then after the morning feeding, then they'll go to a different feeding area. So they'll move pretty long distances and rest a little bit during the day when it's really hot. Once again. Right at noon. We don't get to yeah. do that. No. No, no. no siestas. No, no for siestas us. for us. Then they do some afternoon feeding. Now I can get behind yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely always do afternoon snack then, attacks. And then they go to their cave to, to rest for the night. So yeah, pretty good schedule for them. And like you said, they, they can spend, you know, up to 50% of their day eating. Depends on, on food availability. Yeah, summer or winter. I mean, Vietnam summer or winter. Which right, is, which isn't going to vary a lot, yeah, probably. Not. You know, leaf eating. Uh, but again, strictly vegetarian, so fruits, roots, shoots, seeds, some grass, some flowers. They, they kind of varies their diet. Now, it's interesting about the, the cat ball and the langers in general. They don't have cheek pouches. Like hmm. some primates have cheek pouches to... Help store. Yeah, and it's, you know, you've seen some, I know you have, and I don't know if some of the listeners have, but I've seen some of the videos or, or nature documentaries on monkeys, and you see the monkey stuff his mouth and take off running to, to get somewhere. Like and, my four-year-old, yeah. Yeah, and then eats it there, like throws a cookie in his mouth. So they they don't have those cheek pouches. They they don't. So they, they don't get too far, probably, yeah. with the food. And this is really cool. Different physiology, you know, compa- especially compared to us. Angie, these guys are like cows. They ruminate like cows. That is so cool. I know. So who would, I mean, before the, before I started reading about Langers, if somebody was like, oh, Langers and cows are a lot alike. I mean, I would, I would not have believed it. Yeah. Until I started looking into some of the literature. Yeah. They have these multi-chambered stomachs like cows that have specialized bacteria to digest all these leaves, these foliage sores or whatever you call them. I think. Full of ores. Yeah. Yeah. Full of ores. Those things. But yeah, I was like, oh my god, I didn't realize that. that They're they, very specialized. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we, you know, we have our one stomach, and there's, we know many species have one stomach, but these guys have, have totally the sacculated stomach. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, the geeks and us got really excited, and what's hilarious is obviously you need all this bacteria to break down the the plants and stuff, but then they can burp too. <laughs> so cows burp. Yes, right? of course. Cows of course. burp. They ruminate. So plants for them are made mostly up of fiber, so they need this rumen and this bacteria to break that fiber down and produce nutrients that they could use. Mm-hmm. So that's why they have these these sacculated stomachs. Now, also, you know, with the energy and developing, you know, one of the things they need, especially like I was thinking of you with being a mama, is reproduction and supporting baby, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, reproduction is very costly energetically. Mm-hmm. In fact... Sometimes, sometimes I wonder why, like, it's why not just we do energy. it. It's like I mentally know. too. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, sometimes on a long day of being a mom, I'm kind of like, why, why do we do this again? Oh, God. Go um, to bed, kids. Just yeah. go to bed. But, but yeah, from a physiological yeah. point of view, um, it is, it's, um, reproduction is very costly. Right. More, of course, a lot more on the female with oh, actually, you know, with, with caring, with caring the offspring, then of course lactation in right, yeah. mammalian species. But yeah, so it's very important that they, they are, I mean, where they've evolved, they've needed to become pseudo ruminants mm-hmm. or whatever they're considered. I don't know the technical term with these saculated stomachs to gather as much nutrients from these leaves, which are probably right. poor nutrition to get as much nutrients as possible. And from the re- reproductive point of view, male cat langers are going to ad- 
become mature adults around four to six years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They probably aren't going to be a super successful breeding male until a little after that because of competition. And kind of interesting, uh, in Langer species, males will practice infanticide. Right. And what that means is it's the... Uh, yeah, it's horrible. If yeah. I go back to the... I think we talked about it during the leopards and mm-hmm. lions going in. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah, and so in... Um, so the males do this, right? They're kind of like the lions to to get the girls to come back in. And want sure, to right. Without an without an offspring nursing, it'll help get that estrous cycle going, mm-hmm. and then the, and mm-hmm. then that dominant male can breed again. Yeah. And it has, you know, it has been re- recorded, and it's not often that common in a lot of primate species, but yeah, more I've so. I've never heard it in primates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so more so in the langur. Yeah. And males will def- fiercely defend his females, and so maybe that's. Uh, as far as behavior goes, maybe that's one of the reasons why males don't have such a long lifespan, a long lifespan yeah. in the wild. And and then females on the other side will defend their resources too. Right. And so it uh, it's just probably some of the strategies they've evolved in order to be you know, on each side to be right. reproductively successful. Right. And now, Chris, females are going to mature around similar to males around four to six years of age, and they are going to give birth to a single offspring typically. Yeah, how long is their gestation like? It's about, and uh, from Langer species in general, it's about six to seven months. Okay. And I think in the Kappa... It's pretty long. Oh, yeah. It's a good male, commitment. Yeah. And and from the for the Kappa specifically, I think it's about 200 days. Okay. okay. And they aren't necessarily seasonal mm-hmm. as far as their cycle goes. Or we don't have enough data yeah, to, I mean, we don't really have enough data. Mm-hmm. We don't really equator. have, yeah. yeah, we don't really have a ton of data on it, but we do know that with, especially with um, like the cat ba langers, the births are, they do have, they do give birth all year round, but they're going to peak in February. Okay. And so the other thing that might not help these guys out as far as rebounding their population numbers is the females are going to give birth about every two to three years. Okay. So mm-hmm. that, that boom, um, in cat ba, project that we've right. seen where there's like eight or seven births yeah, this so year if you look at there might mm-hmm, there might not be as many next year yeah just to jump in i mean since 2001 they have definitely gone up where they in 2001 they had one birth mm-hmm. and then like i said this year they they had i think eight and then one passed away so seven but that has definitely been going up since then you know in 2008 they had two 2009 they had four 2011 they had five and then they peaked in 2015 with nine. But again, some have died, right? Mm-hmm, I mean, that, that's part of nature and whatnot. But definitely, you know, if you look at overall birth rates, since they have stepped in mm-hmm. and since they've the regulations right, and, and research, this, they have had 66 babies born since 2001. And 34 of those have been in the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. So it is a good, hopeful mm-hmm. uh, story potentially of what, um, regulation and a little bit of research and a lot of collaboration. I don't want to downplay efforts. Tell me about the young, like, you know, maternal care and stuff. Cause I know, you know, you're a mama. I am a mama. And that's, I said, like looking at these infants, I was like, like I said, oxytocin, oxytocin. Thank right. God I wasn't, I'm not lactating anymore. Who knows? My shirt would have, my shirt would have been wet. But yeah, no, seriously. Um, I, they, uh, they're really neat. They're beautiful. But Chris, actually, uh, regarding the cat bob, we don't know a ton about infant and juveniles in the wild. That's why the Kappa Conservation Research Project is, is lear- trying to learn mm-hmm. more about the little ones and to help their survivor surviving rates go up. 
but and it's because it's unclear how long they nurse. They think maybe 18 months, but they mm-hmm. don't really know or how long mom, mama's lactate. And they also have documented that uh, some of the nursing may be more for comfort and social bonding than mm-hmm. actual nutrition once they age, which that's been observed in other species. So tell me about these special coats. Okay, so what's really, really striking, and you have to go to our show notes, these infants are flamboyant yeah, orange. they're crazy orange. Like yeah. gorgeous orange. Yeah. They're kind of almost like joking orange. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> right? Like, if you yeah. will. Um, where the, you know, the adults are going to have like a cream colored head and shoulders mm-hmm. and then a black body yeah. for the most part. And so it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. They really stand out. At least if you're a researcher or taking pictures of them, you can really tell where the infants are right, right. and what they do. Um, but researchers still don't know. This is, you know, like I said, but these guys can't go extinct without us finding an answer. Of, out, yeah. Oh, why? Why would they evolve this, this mechanism? It doesn't help them hide from prey. No. no. Right. Um, but scientists believe that I think the color distinction makes it easier for the whole troop to identify and look after the infants. Right. So it's easier to, to see. Cause I mean, you're, you're in a jungle. Mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. in heavy fo- foliage. Right. And what's so, you, yeah. and what's really cool about langurs is they practice this behavior called aloe mothering. Mm. So a lot of them are aunties, even yeah, if they're not yeah, related. Yeah, yeah. So they think that maybe the orange coat helps with that behavior right. of, Oh, I, you know, I want, I'm a, I want to take care of you because there's this beautiful little orange baby. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but. They still don't know for sure. That's just their their, their best theory. speculation. Well, yeah. Well, so. We need more money to do more research. So. Mm-hmm. But they think that and so this brilliant orange color is going to stay with the infants until they're about four months of age, okay. and then the the fur will slowly start to darken Go and back, res- yeah. resemble more of what the adult looks like. Okay, so like a sub adult. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So some organizations. You know, let's talk a little bit about this cat paw. conservation project. Right, Chris. So the cat paw langer conservation project. It can be found at www.catba, so that's C-A-T-B-A, Langer, L-A-N-G-U-R. Um, probably my Michigan accent, I'm saying Langer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, catbalanger.org. And what this group is, it's a collective of scientists and conservationists that have um, mostly funded out of, out of Germany, um, a few zoological societies there have worked together locally mm-hmm. with the Vietnamese and the government to basically create this protected land. Mm-hmm. Some on Kappa Island and then some on the mainland. And the Kappa Conservation Project has a, a very multidimensional, uh, really kind of um, profound mission and that they want to not only stop langer poaching, um, but they also want to do um, project activities that monitor the population, mm-hmm. and they're they're going to do. They want to work a lot on evaluating the programs that have been implemented mm-hmm. for the different langers, and they want to evaluate and implement protection measures for these single langer groups. Right? Yeah. Um, do they move them? Do they not move right. them? And so that's that's a whole research project in amongst itself, yeah. as far as you know, what do we do? And then, of course, they're very, very big on the pu- promotion of public conservation awareness. Mm-hmm. They get their local community involved with um, what they call, I love this, Langer Guardians. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, and that's, once again, employing the locals to kind of take some... Um, ownership. Oh, yeah, I to mean, take they, some they ownership. Need, you need to. To be successful, you need the locals. Mm-hmm. Or you can do whatever you want, but they, there's nothing you can do without them. Right. And so mm-hmm. they're also pushing for um, parts of this Kappa Island where the Langers are to be recognized as a part of a world heritage site. Right. So right. there's that. 
um, movement that they're trying to do now because they're also big believers that if we can get recognized more internationally, mm-hmm. that these lands need to be protected and they're adjacent to other World Heritage sites right, or right. near there. Uh, that would potentially help with some of the maybe some of the ecotourism problems right. that they're they're having. Right. And so they're being nominated. I don't know if you can vote for them or who yeah. votes for the World Heritage Sites, but you definitely check out their their website and also please please listen to Chris's interview with um, the the one of the directors right. of the project over there in Vietnam. I think I'm very excited for that. We're going to learn a lot. Yeah. And then organization that I want to highlight second today. Mm-hmm is a group that's really near and dear to my heart for so many reasons. We talk a lot about um, the group in general, the IUCN, right. the International Union uh, Conservation of Na- Nature. Yeah, they're amazing. The IUCN mm-hmm. Red List is mm-hmm. something, if you if you have an, any idea on any species, you can Google IUCN Red List, and there's a list of any species that they've they've evaluated, and there's a lot of great information on each species. So, and so even more specifically, they have an IUC and primate specialist group. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. If you guys are hiring, I need a postdoc. <laughs> uh, but they can be found at www.primate-sg.org, mm-hmm. and they also have a Facebook page. So go like them and check them out. And what they are is they're a, a group of scientists and conservationists who stand against the tide of extinction, mm-hmm. which threatens our kin, right? Right, right. And they're active not only, of course, in Asia, which we're focusing on today, but they're in Africa, Latin America, and they monitor the research and ecology of hundreds of primate species, yeah. including including Langer. Yeah. And they work on behalf of all of these and other primate species by supporting, they do the field research mm-hmm. and they do conservation measures and then they do the key, which is educational programs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, they do a lot of networking too. So yeah, they're kind of so our critical. eyes and ears. Yeah. They're kind of the umbrella organization. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, check them out and, and in general, check out the IUCN. But yeah, I'm really pleased about, I mean, and the primate specialist group gives us a lot of information and they're really fighting hard for primates, which as far and you know, as mammals go, they're one of the more threatened taxonomy groups yeah i know that's crazy Mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah so the lot a lot and we'll definitely be covering more primates in the future because they're amazing and And stay tuned for my given call or my husband's given call (laughs) i'm gonna go home and work on it homework yeah yeah so just for us you know thanks for for our patreon supporters so far we you know a quarter of all the uh 25 of what we get off patreon we're we're donating to these groups we highlight each week so you know, if you haven't, you know, go check us out on Patreon, but thank you. You know, your support's really going a long way to help grow our podcast, grow our audience, and get better. You know, we're going to eventually get better equipment and hopefully sound better on the microphone. La, 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 la. <laughs> so, Is that even possible? Yeah, I don't know. So thank you. Thank you for those that support us and uh, thanks for listening. You know, it's, this is, this is great. You know, we really love it. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And let's keep the conversation growing. Uh, send us your favorite species you want us to do and we'll try to uh, do our best yeah. by them. Yeah. Take care. Bye bye. Listen, learn, share. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com.